Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, teaches about our reaction to hearing the truth. Both Saul and David were chosen by God, and both made mistakes, but only David broke his heart before the Lord when he learned the truth. Psalms 51.7 Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Okay, so we bless this. Lord, we bless your word for us this morning. You know, one thing that has been really real for me for a, a while now, and we as a church, we have been looking to the Lord for a new level, something new. We should be always hungry, asking the Lord for something deeper, greater. You know, I, I always think about that, the first miracle that we read about Jesus turning water into wine, and that represents for us that the best wine is saved for last. Right? So we as the church, we as believers, we should be expecting something better. The glory of the latter house is greater. But we cannot be conformed and conditioned to what we have right now, but we have to have a faith for something new. You know, when you read that, when you think about that, you have to go to Isaiah 43 and verse 18. It says, do not call to mind the former things. Stop thinking about the past. Do not be conditioned about the past, with the past. Or ponder things of the past. Are you guys with me? Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? So to me, this is where I I spend my time. I want to be aware of it. Because it's very easy to be right in front of what God is doing and miss it. And I'm going to prove that to you this morning. But I mean, it's all over the scriptures. You see God doing something... And people just like, what's going on? I don't know. I, you know, and it, because they are conditioned to the past. You know, and it's interesting because I've been reading a lot about the parables. And if you think about it, God is always using parables. He's always telling you a story that has different layers and you can just get like a the shallow, superficial layer, and you miss the depth of what he's actually talking about. Does it make sense? So in, in studying about parables, you have to understand that at one point, you know, Jesus Christ was speaking to the multitudes, and he was telling them parables, and they were not getting anything. <laughs> they were not understanding and then the disciples said, what does that mean? What does it mean? What are you talking about? So you have to go to Matthew 
13, verse 10, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been granted. Behold, I will do something new. Will you be aware or not? Are you going to be granted to know the mysteries or not? For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. What is he talking about? Knowledge. If you have some knowledge, you're going to get more. If you don't, even what you you have will be taken away from you. Will you be aware? Will you know what I'm doing? Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of these people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Kind of depressing, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry about that this morning. You know, we should all be happy here. We hey, let's celebrate New Year, Happy New Year. But are you guys getting the point here? This is Jesus, the reality of something new that God was doing in the earth. And he was speaking to them in parables. And a lot of them that were really expecting, believing for something that God was going to do, they didn't recognize it. It says to me, that I, what is it that I have to have today not to miss it? I think that there is a, a verse here in, in John 7, 17 says, If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching. There has to be a willingness to embrace the teaching. There has to be a willingness to obey, to act upon what you're going to learn. Because if you don't, that means you're not open to change. You're not open to something that's going to come and impact your life, impact your lifestyle, impact everything surrounding you. You know, and so that, that's what was happening. You know, in one sense, Jesus was coming to change, include the Gentiles and all of that, and some people were not open to that. Not all of them, some. So, that's important. So why am I saying this? Because... Before he came, Jesus, John the Baptist came and said, repent. Repent for, because the kingdom of God is at hand. And what is repentance? Repentance is when you let go of the old. You stop living in the past. You stop pondering the things of the past. And you're ready to embrace something new. So it's interesting because when you think about repentance... We almost naturally, we think about David, right? David was a man after God's own heart. And there is a a very interesting, again, parable 
that we study that happened in David's life. In 2 Samuel 12, you read about this story. And the, the story is that, you know, David was a king. He was anointed by Samuel as king of Israel. And as king, he probably thought that he could do anything, right? So one day he was in his palace and he saw this beautiful lady bathing. And he said, hey, I'm king. It's good to be a king. <laughs> right? So he managed to, you know, get into a relationship with that woman. He got her pregnant. And then he's like, oh my God, she's married. I need to solve that problem and got his, her husband killed in the front line of the battle. So the prophet, not Samuel, Nathan came and started telling David a parable, a story. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story about something that's happening in your kingdom here and I want you to judge. I want you to I want to know how you think about this, right? And, of course, you guys know this story, you know, and I, I love to read the Bible because, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. It's like, what are, what are the layers that the Holy Spirit is going to open for me today? Because I, I can read the Bible 3,000 times and just read on the superficial level, but without the light of the Holy Spirit, I will never get to the new thing that God wants to talk to me today. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the one poor. The rich man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little Eve lamb, which he bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and his children. It would eat of his bread and drink of his cup and lie in his bosom, and was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him. Rather, he took the poor man's eve lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger burned greatly against that man, and he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, surely the man who has done this deserves to die. Bear with me for a, a moment. Sometimes I think about this, and I, I think, what if God is putting me in parables every day? And he's putting me and telling me stories, and you, sometimes you are the stories. And sometimes I voice judgment to something that's right here in my own heart, just like David. Does it make sense? Instead of learning from the parables that God is allowing me to have every day, I hide something in my heart because I, I refuse to see what the Lord, like Nathan, is speaking to me has nothing to do with it yeah, this morning. We'll get there. So you guys get, get the point here, right? 
So David goes on and angry and mad and, you know, and then Nathan, verse 7 says, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, it is I who anointed you king over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. So, of course, David, we know that David repented. He cried, and he broke his heart. He changed. He still had to face the consequences, because that baby still died. And then if you continue reading here, it's even more drastic than that, because like the prophet said, what you've done hidden, it will happen in your family in the light light of the day. And if you read the the story of the sons of David, it, it happened. But the point here is, to embrace the something, something new, I have to be a lover of the truth. And that's what, you know, David expresses in Psalms 51 after this event with Nathan. That he says, you desire truth in the innermost being. Even the areas that I refuse to let the light come in, that's what you want. So, David was continued to be the king. He continued to be a man of God. He continued to lead Israel and to be a worshiper because of his reaction. But the point that I want to make here this morning is, how do I react to the truth when the truth is spoken to me? You know, we have a, a similar example. When we, we go to 1 Samuel And there is a very interesting and similar story with Saul, the king before David. And the king before David was also anointed by Samuel. Remember, Samuel was a prophet. He started the schools of prophets. He he was the beginning of something completely new. And he was the transition from the, the period of judges to the United Kingdom. So he was very much used by God, and he anointed Saul. But one thing that happened with Saul is, he was not better or worse than David. We know that David was not perfect. You know, and Saul was not perfect either. You know, actually, it's interesting if you read the whole story, how the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul and he became a different person. It says in, the, in, in First Kings, because of the anointing. But the truth is that what happens is like, at one point in First Samuel 15, Samuel gave a very clear instruction to Saul. That you go, kill the Amalekites, destroy everything. Destroy everything. And then... Of course, we know that Saul did not do that. So, can you guys, you guys want to have some fun here? So, uh, then Samuel, verse 1, said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over Israel, over, over his people. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. 
Then he like tells him what to do. And then he goes, kills all the enemies. But, verse 8, and he captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And were not willing to destroy them utterly, but everything despised and worthless that they would utterly destroy. You guys getting the point here? He kept something for himself. Say, no, I'm, hey, this is such a waste. I'm not going to just destroy everything. You know, this may be needed tomorrow, right? Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and he was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself. Watch out for people that build a monument for themselves. <laughs> Saul was like rejoicing in the victory, you know, over the enemies. And he was building something for himself. Samuel came to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. He maybe did not even realize that what he was doing, or maybe he was just fooling himself, or he was trying to fool the prophet of God. I've done everything. Everything is right. Everything is cool. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? <laughs> and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear. Don't you realize, Saul? That I shouldn't, if you had obeyed and done everything according to the word I gave you, I would not be hearing any of this. Does it make sense? It's like, look, I'm just contrasting David and Saul here. The man of God came to one, told this story, and one broke. Here, this one is like hiding, trying to lie, right? Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people <laughs> spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. 16, then Samuel said to Saul, wait, and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak. Samuel said, is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And then you go on and on, and I just encourage you to read the whole story. You know, and how I just feel like confronted myself, how do I react? When I hear the truth, do I break and I embrace the truth and change? Or do I try to hide something and, and defend something? Or even worse, blame the people. 
Man, you're the king. The, the people should not make you do anything. The people did not hear the word from the prophet. You heard the word from the prophets. You knew what, what you're supposed to do. You received the orders. Right? But Saul was like trying to like excuse himself and build himself a monument. Look how, how good I am. Look how great a king I am. Lord, help us. Let me, let me jump to one verse. Verse 30 there. Saul, isn't that awesome? He said, then he said, I have sinned, but please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and go back with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Saul was trying to convince the prophet, say, let's keep the nice appearance of things. Let's have everybody think that I am still good and cool, and I, I did not do anything wrong. Just come and honor me in front of everybody. I, I find that interesting, right? Look at this. Look at the consequence of this. 1 Samuel 16, 13 and 14. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, David, in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Kind of scary, kind of scary for me because what I'm talking about is like I want to get ready for the new day. I want to be able to receive and embrace what God wants to do and use us to do, right? But it has to do with this embracing of the truth. We're going to get there. Get there to Psalms 51 soon. Just want to read Acts 13, 21. And this is the telling of this story, and it says that they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. After he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. The man after God's own heart is not a perfect man. God is not looking for anybody perfect because there are none. David was not better than Saul, but he is still called a man after God's own heart. And what is the difference? The difference is David's reaction to the truth. It's David's embracing the truth and opening, opening his heart and exposing his heart. And then going back to the Lord as a true worshiper, saying, okay, Lord, create in me a new heart. Give me a right spirit. Clean me. Wash me. I know I have all these hidden parts here. I have things that I'm hiding from you, from everybody around me. 
I want you to reveal to me the truth about all of those areas. Lord, give us that heart. Give us that heart, Lord. This openness and this right reaction to the truth, it is something that welcomes the Holy Spirit. The opposite is true. When I don't, when I, I reject the truth, it's like almost like a Holy Spirit repellent. He leaves, he departs like he did from Saul. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul because of his reaction. Ephesians says, Ephesians 4.29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And he continues saying, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 12. Lord, we bless that for us. Well, I'm sorry, I jumped to Philippians. It's to Ephesians 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then Philippians 2, 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at you and working you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is working these parables, working in circumstances in our lives to have us have the right reaction so that we learn the truth in the innermost being. But it's, every day is a, is a choice. How do I respond? Do I open up? Do I break? Or do I hide? And this is what he's saying here. Work your salvation with fear and trembling. And that fear and trembling is my willingness to obey and to embrace the truth. Psalms 51, purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a, new, a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, let this be the cry of your people. Let, let this be the cry of this house. You know, Lord, we want to know, we want to be ready to embrace what you're doing in the earth today. Yeah. And not only that, we want to be used. 
You know, like, like David continues saying here in the psalm, you know, like, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. We want to be channels of the truth also. But first, we have to be ready to embrace. Not Consider not the former things. Do not even ponder the past. But behold, I will do something new. Will you be aware of it? Lord, give us a heart that's open for the truth. Amen? Yes. We bless this for us. We have been in a, in a series of studies here of some teachings from John Robert Stevens because we are saying, Lord, this is not it. <laughs> there has more. There has to be more. You have more. We, we, we want the new wine. We want the new anointing. We want the third anointing. But what is it that keeps you from giving me the new? It's not that I'm not perfect. not that I made any mistakes. David made some that were like pretty bad mistakes. Right? And how come he's called a man after God's own heart? You know, so that destroys all my excuses of religion. You know, that I have to be a saint. <laughs> no, I don't have to be a saint. I don't have to be, you know, all perfect. All I have to do is I have to love the truth. I have to open those areas in my heart that I hide. Look at this. The difference, a little difference, this Jewish translation. Verse 7, Psalms 51. Indeed, I was born with iniquity, with sin my mother conceived me. Indeed, you desire truth about that which is hidden. Isn't that a little different? You desire the truth about that which is hidden. Maybe things that I have hidden, even from myself. <laughs> or I'm trying to hide it from somebody else. But I, you desire me to know that truth about it. Lord, we don't want to hide anything from you because it's not worth it. <laughs> it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> you know, but for us to embrace what you have to give us afresh today... I have to be willing to let go of all of these areas. And I, I say, Lord, enable us, prepare us to receive the good, the last wine, the best that you have to give us. But for us to do that, we have to let go of the old. We have to empty the barn to receive the new crop, the new harvest, and help us to be this, that repentant, that we, we are like a, a magnifying glass looking for those hidden areas in our lives that keep us from embracing the truth today. Amen. Amen. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.